It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Matt is here with me. We have some Indianapolis Grand Prix spiked coolers curb recap to get to and previewing Gateway, which is this Saturday night. But Matt, I'm sure you have some ridiculous question to get to first before before we dive into recapping this weekend. I do. I also found okay. a uh, a new synonym for old person. Oh no. Ready? No. It's a winkle picker. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Touche. Yeah, I do have a ridiculous question for you. We'll start with uh, this one for this week. My family and I and that includes my wife, we are huge board game people. You had to trap me on a desert island, and I could only play one board game with my friends for the rest of my life. It would be- definitely be Settlers of Catan. Okay. What would yours be? Oh boy, does that can it be like one of those like generic like card games like Uno? Like does that count? No, because there's going to be a card game at some point that we get to eventually. <laughs> okay, I guess I just gave up my answer on that one. I would you, say Monopoly. Uno, though. I'm not going to let you get away with that without me heavily criticizing you. Okay, that's that's fair. We'll get we'll get there, in, I guess, in a minute. I I would go with Monopoly. Old old school Monopoly is is a lot of fun, even though it's very slow. But I guess if I'm stuck on an island for all eternity with some friends, I could actually finish a game of Monopoly for the first time ever. I think the problem with Monopoly is that nobody ever plays it with me. I don't know if it's because I'm an asshole or mm, it's likely. Do you do um if you land on go? Is it two hundred or four hundred? Oh boy, I haven't actually played with people in probably like ten years, so I don't really remember. But so your desert island desert island board games when you haven't played in ten years, which was when you were sixty. Yeah, I haven't played board games in ten years either. So what the hell. Sorry to the Hickey family. I'm just not in. I know I, we're no. I guess I we hope play a lot of di- we play like a lot of different card card games. When I we hope she rescinds the, the invite that she always extends to you if you're ever here. Oh. Oh, don't do that. Although we do like our card games, too. Do you like yeah. spades, at least? Yeah. Okay, well, then you can... I, I guess stay. you can stay. Okay. Yeah, so what do we got this week? I guess we had a race. We can go through that. I don't know about you. It wasn't the best race ever. No, but, I mean, unfortunately, expecting great races from the road course layout at Indy, not something you should expect all the time. There were some great performances, but overall, I think this race was a little bit worse than the Indy GP in May. But 
I think weather it was a little it was really humid at the track all weekend. So I I just don't think the track came in like it did in May when it was relatively cool on race day. Yeah, I still have the opinion that they should do a different layout. I've said this many, many times, and I think if they're going to run this race twice a year with something in the month of May and then like a Harvest Grand Prix or a doubleheader weekend with NASCAR, I really think they should try a new layout just for the fun of it and just to spice it up a little bit. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we should also probably try to get to the 3,200-pound elephant in the room in the form of a, uh, what do you call it, sheet metal? A sheet metal oh. elephant in the room? Yeah. What uh, What are your thoughts about the controversies from Sunday on the NASCAR side and apparently the nonstop slander of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that came as a result of what we saw? So I'm actually going to quote, James Hinchcliffe, who was talking in one of those Twitter spaces with Andy Lally, who raced in the NASCAR race. You watch those? No, I got a text about what Hinch said oh, from Shannon. Okay. And, and I, I don't, because I, I don't have the patience to sit there. and to, I have, but I, I, I typically get bored after like four minutes. And Yeah, there's a plethora of information that goes on in there. But anyways, continue. Yeah. So Andy Lally was trying to blame IMS, and Hinch said... Is it the track's responsibility to fix the curb, or is the driver's responsibility to know where that you can't go too wide there? I feel like at that point you should just drop the mic and walk away because every other series didn't really have issues. Xfinity figured it out just fine. Why all of a sudden come Sunday could the NASCAR guys just not figure out how to race there? And the one guy who... I don't want to say figured it out, but realized, hey, there's an accident. I'm going to bail out of here, and Bubba Wallace got penalized for avoiding an accident, which is pretty crazy to me. But, again, I, I this is in the five-minute YouTube replay I watched. I didn't actually sit down to watch the race because my red-eye flight home Sunday morning was, was pretty exhausting. So I don't recommend flying Spirit Airlines at five in the morning, by the way. I don't recommend them. Flying Spirit Airlines ever. It's a bunch of actually, the seats are more comfortable than Frontier. I well, will give them that. It's still a bunch of miasma, but I don't know. <laughs> I think the uh, I think the the big thing for me is that IndyCar is, and I'm not saying that IndyCar is not prone to track issues like a water leak at Nashville or Detroit 2012, or we've had a couple others that aren't coming directly to my head. But we've had, you know, like. Sao Paulo Nobody's 2010. Per- you couldn't perfect. Even, yeah, you couldn't drive down the straight in Sao Paulo at 100% throttle because there was too much dust and ungrippy surface. Baltimore it's not like they're the track sit- coming up. Yeah, it's not like they're not immune to these kind of things. But the sample size for the Grand Prix venue is large, and the amount of errors that have happened because of the track so far in its history is zero. And when Xfinity running out there, it's zero. And insert series here, it's zero. NASCAR does one race there, the, you know, whatever they're called now, the Cup Series. What are they called? Is it Monster still? No, I don't think it's Monster. We're going to call them Cuppy Cars. Cuppy Cars. One race is all it took for them to ruin the track. And I might add, I don't want to hear anything from fans in that realm or series officials or drivers about how that track needs to be changed. Because that's what they said about Phoenix. That's what they said about Texas. That's what they said about Bristol. What other tracks have they ruined? All of them. 
I well, I know, but what other like <laughs> Atl- Atlanta's coming? Although I guess they're kind of in a disagreement about that. The drivers don't even like that. But I guarantee that one's maybe slightly probably going to be ruined. So when it comes they to the, a, like the they did a repave on Kentucky or Kansas, one of those, and reprofile, and apparently it's pretty garbage now, which is sad to hear. And we don't even say like PJ one. We don't need to bring that up. But oh, I'm yeah. not exactly going to trust NASCAR as the leading voice of what is good and bad for circuits because that is just going to lead to a lot of gesticulating. So to me, we just need to not listen to them. I think they maybe could come up with a better solution for the material for that curb, but I don't know. It's made out of concrete. It's so like, what are you supposed to do? I don't. To me, it's a bunch of scumbags, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, f- I feel like if Xfinity, which has some less experienced drivers in it by you know by, by default, if they, they did it fine last year, that race was actually pretty damn good last year. This year, I watched about two-thirds of the race closely sitting in the media center, and it was pretty entertaining. I don't understand stages on a road course still, but we won't we will I don't I don't think we need to get in a in a NASCAR stage debate at, at this point in in our in our episodes because we we both agree they're stupid, but yeah. I, it's just it's it's really silly the the whole slamming IMS. I'm sure Roger Penske is just like breathing fire in his office right now because there is if there is one track president that is not going to bow down to NASCAR, it would be Roger Penske. Yep. That's why I'm that's why I'm not I'm not worried about them changing the road course layout or, or anything like that. Not that I particularly love the road course layout, but I still on principle wouldn't want to change it because it's NASCAR. Heard. So yes, we got our five minutes of talking about NASCAR out of the way for the year. Yeah, it was so that's too great. Much. Top five from the race was Power Grosjean, Herda, Rossi, Award. Like we said, not not too much crazy going on. Polo blew his engine. Obviously, a detrimental impact on his championship. He said on like lap two that he was having issues. So, yeah. uh, but what's your question? So, uh, yeah, first off, on Pelot, yeah, the first quarter of the race he was radioing and then he, that he had issues. I honestly didn't think it was worth tweeting because the team didn't really seem that upset. And then all of a sudden, his engine blew up. So, oops. But so Pato Award gets pole. Leads the first quarter of the race. I feel like they didn't get the strategy right again. And he finished, what, he finished fifth? Yes. And I, I know he said after the race, because I, I just talked to him for a couple of minutes, ah, we didn't have the pace to win. But if you're on the same strategy as the top three, because I think they were essentially on the same strategy, you at least probably come home with a podium. And you're even closer to Polo in the standings. Did... McLaren screw up losing some points there based on the strategy they went with because I just don't think it made any sense to me. Do you think they took him down on the labyrinth then? Yes, they they did. I'm not going to try to say that, but I I just I think everybody was you know, for the most part 15 or 18 out of the 28 cars last weekend were on the same strategy. And Pelo and a handful of guys weren't. Or I'm Pelo, sorry. Award and a handful of guys were not, and it showed in where he finished. And I just think that was a bad call. Yeah, I mean, execution could have been a little better, but I think at the end of the day, it was still. It had to be considered a massive win for them because they still gained 27 points on 
Pelot going to Gateway, which is where Pato did really well last year in uh, both races. So, um, you know, I know it's only one race this year, but I think the fact that they can, you know, not discombobulate themselves and, and get some some good points out of it as a whole, along with, I think the the coolest moment of the race for me for sure was Grosjean's pass on Herta oh, uh, yeah. on that restart. There, I, when he started to break where he did, I'm just like, there's no way he's making that corner. And even when, I don't know how he does it, because he did the same thing in Road America 2. I would love to see the telemetry on that because the way he's making these breaks work it, compared to other drivers is insane. And, yes, he did have the benefit of kind of a little bit of runoff that's paved there in turn one, but the fact that he didn't put a wheel into the grass and then could hold his line well enough to not allow Herta to get a run uh, was was so impressive. So another P2 there for Grosjean at this track, which – I think has to make him one of the favorites next year when he returns to this venue. So that was a really cool moment. Tough to see RC Enerson retire from mechanical issues. Can't say I'm surprised, unfortunately, but uh, hopefully we see Top Gun racing back at uh, a track near us soon next year to try it again. Jimmy Johnson finished on the lead lap. Have to give him commiserations on not sucking. I mean, he didn't do anything great, but he didn't do anything bad. He'd be, guy, he'd be Max Chilton and Elio. So that's something, right? Yeah. Beat Hinch. God, where was Hinch? Oh, God. Yeah, in the 20s, I think. Oh, yeah, 22nd, but he was just lost. I don't, I don't, I don't get that one at all. McLaughlin and VK had an incident there late. Cal was four laps down for reasons that make no sense to me. He had, uh, God, I heard it on the radio and I, and I forget. It was another Foyt issue. Yeah, at a certain point, like, I know he's paying for that ride, but at a certain point, like, you take one of the, we'll say, not fast drivers on the grid and stick him in one of the bottom three or four teams, you have to kind of, like, stick a step back. It's like, you know, I know we're paying for this ride, but is this investment worth it? You know what's even more confusing about that whole situation is Sebastian Bourdais commenting today to, to David Malcher saying... If I'm going to be an IndyCar next year, it's going to be with Ford. Why? Why? And I get it. He wants to, you know, continue to try to boost the team, and and I get it. But they every week, and and listen, I'm not saying Kelt's a very good driver, but when the steering wheel falls off your car like it did in Nashville, which I've come to understand was zero fault of his own, that the team didn't like install something like a a washer correctly on the inside, so it just naturally fell off. Like, if I were Bourdais and, and I knew that happened, I'd be like, yeah, I'll go take my WEC seat and, and actually in, enjoy racing and not worrying about 80 million electronical, electronic, electronical, electronic <laughs> issues. Is that one that, of the words given to you before the episode? <laughs> that that seemed to, to plague. And it's always Kellett. It's, it, Kellett has the electronic issues, and Bourdais gets hit from behind everywhere. Yeah, I'm trying to actually, I don't, oh. There it is. Well, I think part of it, I'm just looking for that article. I didn't even see that. I think part of it, too, is how many people are lining up to pay Bourdais to race for their team. I think that kind of factors into it, too. Although I'd, I'd still like to see a Bourdais-Calderon partnership. Yes, I do I do agree there, although it doesn't sound like it'll happen based on Bourdais' comments there. Yeah. Unless, unless Calderon or whoever takes that seat is bringing 
the money, which I guess with her, how do you pronounce it? Rocket? Rocket? Rocket. Partnership? Rocket. Partnership. Maybe that would continue to work. So I guess we'll see on that one. So, yeah, I don't. Is there anything else from the race? Good day for Rossi. Newgarden actually came back pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, Lungard led laps. He's fast. Just qualified P4. Do you think there's any threat there to Santino, or do you think Santino's still fine? Yeah, I mean, listen, the one thing he did better than Ferrucci is qualify. And, he and qualified not crash. And not crash. He actually qualified better. At, listen, he was by far the best Ray Hall qualifier, I think by 12 or 13 places. So he was really impressive. I I was actually floored at how well he did. And I, I don't know how he kind of got lost in the shuffle there. I don't know if it was the strategy game or... I think they ran long on the first stint. It didn't really seem to work out because there were really no yellows until the very end of the race. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it from the race. It was is what it is. It's always an honor to to be there and to be there in person. It was good to see a lot of people. A few people I didn't care about seeing, like Mason Bray and <laughs> a few others, but. Yeah, trying, to, trying to comprehend your guys' chat while I was drunk on Saturday night was really rough. You know, that that chat Saturday night when we were when we were sitting at Big Woods, there was two tables of us. There was the adult table, which I was at, and then well, there was the, the kid one there, the the kids table, which was like Mason and the Xbox guys and Christian Denevsky. He's a man. He's like half my age. Well, everybody's half your age. <laughs> and there were people looking at us like, what are these guys talking about? And not not so much our table. Our table was like half asleep from working at the track all day. But like they were all like incredibly intoxicated, rambling on about God knows what. It was very entertaining. A little exhausting, though. Well, the server come over and they're like, Christian, what would you like to order? And he's like, yeah, dummy, dummy lit Jeff. No, Chris, Christian was Christian was uh, calm. He he wasn't the uh, what's his name, Brad. I I honestly he never introduced himself to me. He just assumed I knew who he was. So Brad I James. wasn't. Everybody knows. Yes, who he is. I I don't. Well, I mean now I do. He was very loud and 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 quite intoxicated. So it was it was certainly <laughs> that's my team boss. <laughs> no, sorry, it was certainly certainly very interesting. I love it. I I, I prefer the loud and fun ones. All right, well, and what's the whole deal with the nachos? You have to explain that one to me. I'm sorry. Apparently, nachos are a kids' item. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand where that came from either. I, I love nachos. Nachos, the barbecue pork nachos at at Big Woods, which is on the very end of Main Street, were fantastic. And Shannon and I decided to split nachos, and I just got a side of. Oh no, the mac and cheese I got was a kids' item, and I said no, but I also got nachos, which isn't a kids' item. Yeah, I I would say ordering kids kids food at a at a restaurant as an adult, especially one of your age, is is a little sus. But it was just mac. It was good mac and cheese. It was a big bowl. Was it like craft or? No, it was like real, like <laughs> homemade, not craft. That would be if it was craft. I would not have ordered it. Hey, if that makes you feel better. Was it craft mac and cheese is really good until they got rid of yellow five or whatever yeah. mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> fake cheese pr- product that gives you three eyeballs in 20 years or something. But ever since I got rid of that, it's it's not as good, but I still have it every now and then, which shouldn't yeah, be a I surprise mean, to you. I'm not going to lie. I, d- I do occasionally 
have some as See, well. See, you're such a schluter. You just gave me shit over it. And now here you are. Anyway, whatever. All right. Recapping predictions. Uh, we did have PLP guest IndyCar contributor slash model David Lighting joining us. And he threw in some predictions with us as well. So for good, I had Grosjean P2. You had Ray Hall P7. He had Harvey P6. Just want you to know that you finished last there. Uh, bad, I had Jones P14. Not great. He's, he's, he's decidedly in the middle of the field. Uh, you had Castroneves P21 and... Lighting had Hunter A P eighteen, so you did win that one. All right, I'll take it. I don't it. understand why Elio sucks at this venue, but whatever. He's never had a good road course race there, has no. he? No. Especially his last couple, even with McLaren last year, which was a new seat, but then now there's this one and it's just like ugh. Yeah, you can throw away last year because it was such a last minute. Yeah, but this one was just weird. Uh Dark Horse top ten. I had Lungard P twelve. Oh, so close. So close. I was getting chirped by lighting about that. Don't understand why, I might add, that I picked the guy on his first start, and he almost got it. You had McLaughlin, P23. Mm. Not good. Can can I? Mm. We're not allowed. after our predictions, and then we can talk about McLaughlin. Well, Sato, P10 like for lighting. All right, moving on. Oh, okay, good job. McLaughlin, I am Starting to lose a little patience with him. I don't know if we get still give him the full first year and then judge him next year, but this is especially this one where he's returning to a venue for the second time. Starting to get a little harder to defend his lack of expeditiousness, we'll say, at some of these venues. I don't know what's going on with Scott, and I'm trying to pull up driver reference, and it's not loading for me. I want to look at his last racing reference, driver reference. I am really in rare form today. Well, he hasn't had a top 10 since the Grand Prix event where he finished 8th. And I wonder where he started that one. Uh, I can tell you in a second here. So he started that one in 5th. Starts this one 21st. So his, la- his last... We'll say seven results here. 20th, 19th, 20th, 14th, 12th, 22nd, 23rd. Yeah, not not good. No. And his best result was at Texas on an oval. What's Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, 
industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Even crazier is, um, so I'm looking at Racing Reference standings right now. The person directly behind him in the standings, Roman Grosjean, fellow rookie, is only, now I've seen a couple different points tabulations here. So this one says he's seven points back of McLaughlin. And now he's on an oval. They're both on the oval this weekend. So yeah, a weekend they're... where McLaughlin could pad his rookie lead, quote unquote, is now gone. Yeah, I mean, literally, this is this is. I didn't even think about that. Rookie of the year is up in the air because Grosjean's racing the rest of the races. Could you imagine if Grosjean won Rookie of the Year without doing the Indy Five Hundred? That'd be insane. I honestly would. Yeah, I mean, that would that would be mega impressive as he continues to be almost week in and week out at this point. Like he's, I don't want to say a shoe in for the top ten, but. Looking at his average, his average start is 7.4. His average finish is 11.3. So just looking at his average start, 7.4, that's double better than McLaughlin at 15.8. And you don't get a better starting average until you get Colton Herta at 4.3 and really until you get into the top. I mean, he's got a better average starting position than everybody but Herta and Pelot. The man, the man has figured has, has is very good. He's really improved his racecraft this year over some questionable F one decisions. Yeah, and I will say in, in McLaughlin's defense, there was Indianapolis. He had a penalty while running in the I think it was like top ten region. So that's like just a rookie error. Twelve error. at least. Yeah, yeah. A rookie error that can be cleaned up for next year. The only other things that really stood out was Nashville. Obviously, he was just destroyed by his teammates. <laughs> And then uh, Grand Prix, like he was running like a theoretical 16th-ish or something until he hit VK and got sent to the rear. So it's not like he was, you know, DFL the entire race, but he was also not up there with his teammates either. So, yeah, I would say if there's not a good result here in the last four races, he is all, he's going to be on the hot seat on round one immediately next season, if I had to speculate. We can move on. There's not much news to get to before we get to Gateway. I think the one thing we want to touch on is by time you are listening, well, maybe not. Depending on what time you're listening to this on Thursday, the Ray Hall, Letterman, Hy-Vee, IndyCar, Iowa Governor press conference may not have happened <laughs> yet. The hot rumor is that there's going to be news shared about the Ray Hall third car just being in existence next year with Hy-Vee backing. I don't think a driver announcement is expected at this time, but the leading candidate still is Ferrucci. The other one is that Iowa Speedway would be returning in some sort of fashion to the IndyCar schedule thanks to a deal between IndyCar, NASCAR, Hy-Vee, Bobby Rahal, and possibly Tony George. So is everything I just said going to happen on Thursday, or do you have any other hot takes you want to throw in there? So I don't think we're going to see an announcement for the third driver 
I do think the Iowa thing is pretty much all but confirmed now. I don't know how it'll exactly shape up ownership-wise or whatnot, but I, I think that's that's for sure going to happen. I don't know if we'll see. Maybe they'll announce who's in the 45 car for Iowa if there is going to be somebody in that seat for Iowa. You would hope there is because they are in the leader circle right now. So... Do we ever confirm that? I'm going to task you to do that on Gateway if you haven't yet. To confirm the leader circle rules? Yes. Yes, I have. I talked to a couple people. The way it works is, so essentially, you're in the top 21, 22? I forget what the exact... 22 is what the cutoff was last year. Yeah, so IndyCar doesn't publicly... They 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 won't publicly acknowledge the exact number. I I I did get that from IndyCar, but the way it works is if they if a car finishes in the top, let's just say twenty two, to get that leader circle money, they have to commit to racing a full season next year. So if the forty five car finishes in the top twenty two, let's say, they have to commit to racing the full season next year to get the bonus from this year. Makes sense. I think it's a good, like, not black and white way to do it. Yeah, I, I I think I misunderstood it last year just because it was so confusing, but or it was it was very cut and dry last year. Like, hey, twenty three, Marco, you're out. But so that's bad news for Kellett. Bad news for Hinch, Jones, Felix, Felix. Good God. Yeah, I mean, even after a good result in Nashville, he's still below the bubble. Yeah, I guess I'll try to do the math and throw it on our Twitter page just because um, we do have Askew and, and uh, Magnuson's points to throw in there, too. Yeah, so Kellett's toast. Carlin's toast. All right, anyways, so, yeah, I think that's I think the announcement on Thursday should be mostly positive, so that's good. TV ratings for the race wasn't that great, but... We don't have to spend too much time. No, you're not going to win them all. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it's not exactly. I think the, the lure of Nashville is much cooler than the lure of the non-May Grand Prix race, in my opinion. So, moving on to Gateway. We were discussing before the show, I think the only entry that we can kind of consider out of the box for this weekend would be, because we've had kind of a lot of shifting parts to entries with the 45 car and et cetera, et cetera. The 45 car should be there as far as we know. They haven't announced anything yet. But the 52 car is coming back with Pietro Fittipaldi at this moment in time. We haven't heard otherwise that they won't be racing. And that's because Grosjean is racing in the 51 car. Uh, So since Grosjean's announcement, they have opted to keep Grosjean in his normal car and then field the additional car for Fittipaldi, who did sign his oval-only deal before the start of the season with rick ware racing dale coin racing uh so that should put us at 26 i believe because there's no elio and no top gun but that should put us in the 26 region so another healthy healthy field going to gateway uh i was just there last weekend in st louis for a wedding yeah i was gonna say i did you stop by the track? No, we went downtown actually during the race, and I found a bar to put it up in and hang out with my family. 
uh, walked past the arch. But no, we didn't get to the Illinois side of St. Louis at any point. So nope, didn't get there. Uh, wedding's Saturday night anyways, so I thought the race was on Sunday. If the race was on Sunday, that would have been bomb if it was the wedding was this weekend because then we could have gone to the race. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, other than the entries, the points standings going into Gateway is – wait, is that a typo? Dixon has the points lead? No, Dixon does not have the points okay, lead. That race, must be a typo. Racing reference is wrong. I didn't think that was right. So, Polo has a – oh, God, I got to do all this math in my head. Below has a 21-point advantage over Pato, a 34-point advantage over Dixon, a 55-point advantage over Newgarden, and a 62-point advantage over Marcus Erickson. Yeah, Rahal really needs to win one of these. Rahal and Herda need to get going. Otherwise, they're going to run out of time. So, yeah, so Polo is still in the driver's seat even though he had his engine failure, which really sucks for him because he's running a theoretical fourth. That would have been a nice pad to those points. Going into... This weekend, let's say, maybe we'll focus on the top five here. Polo, Award, yeah. Dixon, Newgarden, Erickson. Who's going to have the worst weekend? All right, so we're on an oval. Let's say, sorry, but Marcus Erickson's going to have the worst weekend. Okay, I'm going to say hot take and say Dixon. See, I almost did that, but then, like like I said, when we recorded F1 a half hour ago, it's really hard to bet against Scott Dixon. Not wrong. But I will say Dixon. I think it's maybe just going to be one of those weekends. Polo just had something go wrong. Also confirmed that he has a nine-place engine penalty. Thank you to Gr- – actually, thank you to Christian Denevsky for pointing out the rule, and then I confirmed it in the rule book. The grid penalty is – so even though Polo just has changed his engine, he did not mileage out the engine, which means he has another grid penalty – and on an oval, instead of being six places like it is on road and street courses, it is nine places. Gateway is a fun race, in my opinion, especially the night race. Not yeah. the easiest place to pass, though, unfortunately. It'll be a tough comeback for him, but definitely obtainable. So, moving into our predictions. Now, let's start with bad, just because we just did another bad one. But you can pick anybody in the field this time. Who's going to have a bad race? Oh, Oh, and I'm sorry. Tony Kanan will be back instead of Jimmy Johnson. That's oh. another change. I forgot. How sorry, rude. Tony. Did we talk about Connor Daly probably being in the 59? Yes. Wikipedia says yes, but nobody else has confirmed it quite yet. Yes. He did not confirm it when I asked him on Friday last week. Come on, Connor. Anyway, predictions, bad, Ed Jones. Come on. I just picked him. It's low-hanging fruit now because he just finished 14th. I mean... Actually, Fine, jokes on you, Coin was really good at this track recently, so maybe he'll just destroy you. I'm going to say Bourdais. I'm sure he'll get hit from behind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who do you got doing good? Let's go with Alex Rossi. I think he's due for a podium finally. He's finally starting to get some good momentum. Didn't get hit. Didn't have something happen to him in, in Indianapolis last week. Finished on the Finished fourth, his best finish of the year. So I think he's going to keep up that good momentum. I'm going to say Pato. Thought he was really good there last year, and he's got a lot on the line this weekend. Dark Horse top 10. Dark Horse top 10. Let's go with Pato's teammate, Felix Rosenquist. Decent oval driver. I really wish, not, not that he's on Ganassi, but I really wish they brought back that monster matte black paint scheme again because that is, I... One of the things I will 
always be sad about is I never got to see that car in person because I missed the last I obviously last year gateway nobody was at in 2019 I was unable to attend got too many weddings man and as I say that I had a friend text me like like hey what are you doing uh the 28th of August I'm like I'll be in Virginia Beach I'm like okay what about the next weekend I said quite literally so the 4th 11th 18th 25th 9th I all have weddings means <laughs> that's one, two, three, four, five out of the six weekends in a row starting September 4th. I have a wedding every That's Saturday. That's obscene. I have one wedding to go to this year. Yeah. And then so uh, October 2nd, if anybody wants to hang out in Minnesota, it's Saturday. I currently have that open. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what am I doing? Dark Horse Top 10? I will say the guy I just ridiculed, Scotty M, is going to... Oh continue his oval triumphs and finish well i have one final question for you kind of going back to the race will power was in rare form in the press conference afterwards very upset at james hinchcliffe holding him up for a while there said that yeah i I don't really know what he was saying honestly because the rant went on for so long that i kind of lost track of exactly what he was he was getting at which is very willpower. I mean, he was really fired up, which was something else. But what do you what do you think? Should Hinch be forced to move over there, or should Hinch be allowed to fight for his position? Who's who's right there, Hinch or Power? Was it one of those anti-disestablishmentarianism kind of things, or? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I think was this. I'm sorry. Is he referencing the race or qualifying? The race. I wonder if there's a little anti-Hinch sentiment going around in the Team Penske camp because (laughs) Joseph was also not very thrilled with Hinch during qualifying. For the race, I don't know. I mean, unless unless they're going to start black flagging guys to get out of the way, what can you do? I mean, I don't know why this track of all tracks produces such – uh, heated moments between the lead cars and the lapped cars because we saw it with Grosjean and Sato and the rage of Twitter followers who wanted to, I don't know, kick Sato to the sun because he wouldn't get out of the way for Grosjean and it ruined his race or whatever. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, unless race control is going to do something about it and start penalizing him, I think Hinch technically raced within the rules. So. And Power is not the – he's definitely gotten better as time has come, but he's also a guy who can get easily upset at others. And I wonder how he feels a day or two after now that he's had a time to review it and think about it. So I, for one, just say kind of, you know, move on. Not worth getting bent out of shape about. Yeah. I mean, Hinch wasn't a lap down. I don't uh, – yeah, I get the dirty air makes it hard for Power to – to make a to make a move, but I, I I'm I'm not changing this rule. I don't think there's any need to change this rule. Anyway, so let's let's look at times for this weekend as we wrap up here. Indy Lights has a race. Indy Pro and Indy Lights have races on Friday. Me, Shannon, and Frenchie will all be there this weekend. So they are both stuck with me. I'm sorry, guys. For, yeah. For a couple days. Indy Pro and Indy Lights also have races on Saturday. IndyCar practices at 115. 
don't know if this is an Eastern time or Central time, to be honest with you. We're going we're gonna to say Eastern time, probably. Qualifying is at 5 p.m., and then the race on NBCSN is at 8.40, so probably green flag at the top of the hour, I would imagine, with a little bit of pre-race coverage. We'll be doing plenty of stuff at the track, interviews, probably doing Instagram Live or two again like we did last week. And probably probably one maybe before Indy Lights on Friday. And, yeah, I do want to thank Frenchie for coming out for the weekend and thank Shannon for all her help. She works her ass off and is has been a huge help at the track so far the last couple weekends. So, And she puts up with me, which is, like, really um, confusing. And I don't, I don't really understand why. Neither does Matt. He's, he's shaking his head very violently right now. And I spell her name wrong like once every other time I send in credential requests or her name is now officially Shannon McBridge and not McBride. So Can you be like Mike Dingleberg next time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it was one of those things like Starbucks where you can make up a fake name, like, yeah, I'd have some fun. I'd, I'd be Wolfgang or something like that. Wolfgang but, Dingleberg. Yeah, but I probably can't do that. So great idea, though. I do I do appreciate the effort. Maybe in the offseason, like, I'll change my name for, like, episodes. Instead of being, like, host Mike, I'll be host whatever you said. Dinkleberg? Yeah, that. Fairly odd parents reference. Okay, I know that's, yeah. that's a little a little after your time. I know the show. I never watched it, though. Okay. If that makes you feel any better. Anyway, guys, thank you again for listening. We'll have some episodes over the course of the weekend, assuming there's a media bullpen, and then some HMD Motorsports interviews. So, Keep an eye out for those this weekend and have a lovely weekend of racing. Today's podcast was presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. If you're a podcaster, you can apply too immediately and get connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Go to podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O and let them know that we sent you there. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.